0: This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on And we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And every day, Monday through Friday, we talk about the Penn State Nittany Lions. It's been a fun season so far, and things are going to about to heat up a little bit more as Penn State goes on the road to take on Michigan State. In today's episode, it is our Big Ten weekend preview. We're bumping it up to Wednesday this week because we do have a crossover plan with the folks over at Locked On Spartans, so keep an eye out for that. But we're going to run through the Big Ten weekend schedule, and there's some good ones this weekend. Of course, in addition to Penn State and Michigan State, you got Ohio State taking on Wisconsin. Michigan's looking for a rebound at home against Notre Dame. We'll go through all the Big Ten games coming up this weekend in today's episode. We're also going to open up the show by taking a look at some recent news and nuggets, including the updated release of the USA Today coaching salaries database. Always fun to look at and see where James Franklin ranks amongst his peers, not only in the Big Ten, but of course around the nation as well. Got a couple other thoughts I want to throw out there in our opening segment, and then we'll get to our Big Ten preview. This is a good time now to make sure you're not missing a beat with the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. As I said, fun season already you won't don't want to miss any of the coverage coming ahead so make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on itunes google play spotify stitcher iheart radio whatever your favorite podcasting app is you can subscribe to the show and please feel free to rate and review it does help with the placement of this program in those various podcasting platforms and of course we just appreciate the feedback you can also follow us on twitter at locked and give us a like on facebook at facebook.com slash locked lots of stuff to get into today so let's go and get started number of years now, USA Today has been keeping track of all the coaching salaries that are out there in college football. And it always started off with the head coaches. Over time, they've evolved today into the offensive coordinators and the defensive coordinators to check out their pay and rank them uh, against each other. And I think in even more recent years, maybe even as recent as last year, I believe they started adding the buyout cost for each head coach in college football and it's fun to look at these numbers and you know i don't totally go too invested in you know how much a coach is being paid when i'm analyzing them as a head coach but i do understand the the reality of the situation where higher paid coaches are going to have higher demands And I think when you look at the coaches that are getting paid the big bucks, you see a lot of success. It may not be quite the success that you're expecting from some of these coaches, given the salaries that they're being paid. But you know, these schools can afford it. These schools are investing in these head coaches. And you know, say what you will about whether or not some of that money should be going back to the players. The fact is, uh, right now, (laughs) they can only invest in the coaches. So uh, it's kind of curious to see. Where James Franklin ranks amongst his peers, not only in the big time but nationally. and I think when you start to look at the numbers, you can understand you know, James Franklin's probably right around the same spot he probably should be in. and you can make an argument maybe he should be paid a little bit more than some of the coaches ahead of him. and you could also make a case that maybe some coaches paying paid less than him could be more deserving as well. But of course, the number one paid head coach in college football right now is Dabo Swinney of Clemson. No one else else is making over $9 million a year except for Dabo Sweeney. Dabo's pulling in $9.3 million. That keeps him ahead of Nick Saban of Alabama at number two, who's getting $8.85 million per year. Of course, these two head coaches have been the gold standard for head coaches the last how many years now with so many national titles. Dabo coming off his second in three years. Saban, of course, has a handful of championship rings. So you know that Clemson and Alabama have really been the gold standard in college football the last couple of years, or the last more than a couple of years. But really, you can understand why these coaches are being so well-paid. It's because they are so successful. They are two of the best coaches out there. The third highest paid coach in the nation, of course, is Michigan's Jim Harbaugh, $7.5 million, and that always comes back to be the figure that people are looking at and expecting some higher demands. But as I've said, you know, I think some of the times the criticism of Jim Harbaugh goes a little bit too overboard. However, it is fair to assume that a coach being paid that much money by a program like Michigan should probably at least play for a Big Ten title every couple of years right and i don't think that that's unfair to say hasn't happened yet very likely is not going to happen this year so michigan's still having a lot of success under jim harbaugh but it doesn't get it doesn't get the attention it probably is warranted because he hasn't beaten ohio state he struggled against michigan state he, he's had some success against penn state but of course he's coming off a loss this year so <laughs> we'll see but jim harbaugh is not going anywhere The buyout for harbaugh at michigan is a little over 11 million dollars Michigan can afford that if they ever decided to move on from Harbaugh, but as we discussed on the podcast last week, any expectation that Har- Harbaugh is going to be canned by Michigan is probably wishful thinking by some. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. But he's he's bringing in a lot of money. He's bringing in more than Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, who's getting $7.5 million. The Jimbo Fisher buyout at Texas A&M is $60 million. The Aggies are fully invested in Jimbo Fisher for the long haul. That that much is obvious. And, uh, you know, it's not quite going according to plan this season, but I still think they're in good hands for the long term. I think, I think that's going to pay off for Texas A&M at some point, especially once Nick Saban does decide to retire. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. So where's James Franklin? James Franklin comes in uh, number 11 nationally. He's actually the third highest paid head coach in the Big Ten. Harbaugh is obviously number one. Purdue is all in on Jeff Brom. He is the second highest paid coach in the Big Ten. And we kind of uh, knew that Purdue was probably going to pay a little bit more for their head coach than they typically have because they really like Jeff Brom and they really want him to stay there. And I think that's why he's getting paid as much as he is because you know, Jeff Brom, after a successful season last year, his name started floating around some more coaching rumor cycles. So you know, they want to keep him as happily and content as possible for as long as possible. You know, there may come a time when Jeff Brom has another successful season that he maybe he gets a better offer from somewhere else and some school is willing to pay for that buyout cost for him at that time. But it's pretty hefty right now, $27 million. So if uh, he can turn around things this season and gain some more traction from some other suitors, it would be pretty interesting. But Purdue is going overboard with their head coaching salary for Jeff Brom. Um, not quite getting the success and the results this year, but still pretty soundly invested in where they're going here. All right. Uh, so like I said, James Franklin is number three head coach among the Big Ten uh, and uh, $5.65 million. Paul Christ at Wisconsin, still the ninth highest paid coach in the Big Ten. I know this is a bad week to suggest this, but Wisconsin's got a pretty good bargain on their hands. I'm not a huge Paul Christ fan. I would take so many coaches ahead of him, but it's hard to argue against the results in certainly in that division, he's getting the job done far more often than not. And I still think he's going to lead Wisconsin to the big 10 West division. Somehow. <laughs> I think he's going to get some help along the way. and He's going to need it. But I do think that uh, Wisconsin's got a nice little bargain on their hands. And one last thing, uh depth chart for this weekend's game against Michigan state it was released by Penn state on Monday. Nothing real noticeable there. It's pretty much been the same, Uh, for a number of weeks now pretty much all season you're still getting your running back by committee but hey we'll see what happens all right coming up in our next segment we're going to begin our big 10 weekend preview take a look at some of the week 9 games of course as usual we'll start with the afternoon games and my goodness is there a good one at noon we'll talk about it in the next segment this is the locked on nittany lines podcast make sure you follow us on twitter at locked on time to dig into the Big Ten weekend preview here for week nine, and we've got some big games on tap this weekend. It's going to start with a big noon game between Ohio State and Wisconsin. It's going to conclude with a primetime showdown between Michigan and Notre Dame. Two historic rivals, still a lot riding on the line, maybe more so for Notre Dame. But Michigan, of course, is looking to rebound at home uh, after their tough loss at Penn State last week. And of course, thrown in the middle there is going to be Penn State and Michigan State. So in this first segment, of course, we'll dive through and go through chronological order. We'll talk about all these noon games and maybe a couple 330 games. And then in the second in the last segment, we'll actually take a look at the mid afternoon games and of course, the primetime showdown between the Irish and the Wolverines. So big noon Saturday, guys, it's a big one for the Big Ten. It still could potentially be a Big Ten championship game preview, although that looks a little less likely at this point. Number 13, Wisconsin, coming off their real big upset loss at Illinois – They're heading to number three, Ohio State. The Buckeyes continue to roll. They continue to rack up the points, shut down the opponents. And Ohio State is looking really good, guys. Ohio State is uh, continuing to gain some more national recognition, national respect. Some people putting them in the playoff right now if it started today. It doesn't. But I think there's lots of reasons to like Ohio State here. And not just because Wisconsin lost last week. I think even if Wisconsin had beaten Illinois, I still think they're a heavy underdog here against Ohio State because as good as Wisconsin may actually still be, Ohio State just out-athletes them. They out-physical them. They out-speed them. There is nothing that Wisconsin does better than Ohio State in any facet of the game. And get used to hearing that because there aren't a lot of opponents on Ohio State's schedule that can match what Ohio State does in any degree. And that may even include Penn State, but we'll get to that game next month. This This is a real important game for Wisconsin because they're already trailing Minnesota in the Big Ten West standings, and they're facing a very likely second loss in conference play. That's a tough spot to be in. And it actually means that they're going to need a little bit of help the rest of the way to be able to play for the Big Ten championship game. Now, they may get that if you look at Minnesota's schedule. They may get it, but they still have to take care of some of their own business. And it would be a massive rebound if they can go into the shoe and get out of there with a win against Ohio State throws it would throw Wisconsin right back into the playoff conversation after they've essentially been eliminated by so many people Uh, there's no bigger contrast of uh, week-to-week results than a potential loss to Illinois followed by a potential win against Ohio State I should say a loss to Illinois followed by a potential win at Ohio State I don't see it happening I think Ohio State continues to roll I don't see any reason why Ohio State loses this game I think Ohio State wins and I think they win big Ohio State-Wisconsin game will be airing at noon on Fox. It's part of Fox's Big Noon Saturday. If you want to have some fun with it, Big Noon Saturday. But anyway, overall ESPN2, number 20, Iowa, is going to be visiting Northwestern. And this is a game to keep an eye on, certainly if you're a Penn State fan, because it certainly looks like a very likely win for Iowa going on the road. That would get them to 6-2, would clearly keep them in the top 20, maybe top 25 for sure. But Northwestern has been reeling. Northwestern is beat up. Northwestern is a shell of the program that they have been the last couple of years under Pat Fitzgerald for a number of reasons. This just does not look like a great matchup. Now, I don't know if I trust Iowa on the road, but I don't. I don't like Northwestern's chances to win too many games the rest of the season just because of where they are with their health and their stability. You know, maybe getting Isaiah Bowser is a little bit of a plus that they can take advantage of. But I think Iowa got the rebound last week. A, against Purdue I think they can go on the road and take care of Northwestern and that keeps them in the Big Ten West race I think this is a division that's still out there for the grabs and I think Wisconsin losing actually helped Iowa a whole lot to keep them in the mix here so this is a really important game for Nate Stanley, Kirk Ferentz, and the Iowa Hawkeyes, I think they go to Northwestern. I think they get their win, and that keeps them in the running in that Big Ten West. So I do think that Iowa goes on the road this week. And, of course, if you're a Penn State fan, the more ranked opponents you can have on your schedule, I still think is going to benefit them. I think Iowa's going to at least stay in the top 20 for sure, and that's a, that's a good thing for Penn State moving forward. Over on the Big Ten Network at 12 noon Eastern, Illinois coming off their big upset win against Wisconsin. Goes on the road and takes on a Purdue team that has certainly had their struggles, but still looks like a little bit of a a problem for Illinois. My big question for Illinois is, can they carry over any momentum from what has been described as a program-changing win? I'm a little reluctant to say it's a program-changing win when you beat Wisconsin. I think it's more of a, um, I don't know if I necessarily want to say a fluke, but just a coincidence more than anything else. I think Wisconsin really did their part to give that game away. Credit Illinois for taking advantage of it. But now, if it really was a program-changing win, they go on the road and give Purdue a real good fight and maybe even get out of there with a the win. I wrote about this a little bit on my Patreon page. This is a game that Illinois almost has to win now. If, it, if last week's game was a program-changing win, they have to win this game because this is the game that could ultimately decide whether or not Illinois is going to play in a postseason bowl game. You look at the rest of their schedule. They've got some manageable games that they could potentially win. Uh, home game against Rutgers. I think they get Northwestern at home. Those look like two games that they should win at this point. They very likely are going to lose at Michigan State and lose at Iowa. So that makes this game the swing game. This game at Purdue is the swing game for Illinois and their postseason ball fate. They lose this game. I don't think there's any chance that they go to a ball game. But if they win it, they keep that hope alive and have a lot to play for in the coming weeks. So I want to see that happen. I think Illinois can go on the road and give Purdue a fight. But I think Purdue wins the game. I think Purdue finally gets their rebound. They are an eight-point favorite. They are at home. I don't think they're going to have Rondell Moore again, which does hurt, but I still think they can find a way to hold off Illinois. I think Illinois gives them a good battle because we've seen Illinois fight the last couple weeks and they are not a team that's going to be going away easily. But after a big win like that, this is a program that's still you know, kind of growing and building something. I don't know if they're ready to go on the road and carry over that momentum. So I think that Purdue gets the win in that noon time slot against Illinois and really deals a blow to Illinois' postseason dreams. And one last game at noon, also on the Big Ten Network, I guess, uh, is a regional coverage thing. Rutgers is uh, playing out of conference and they're hosting Liberty. Liberty is a program that is very new to college football at the FBS level. I think this is their second season officially as an FBS member now. Liberty is a touchdown and a half point favorite. At Rutgers, that's just how bad things are for Rutgers right now. Rutgers opened up a four point underdog at home against Liberty, and that line has gone in favor of Liberty by more than a touchdown. As I'm recording this, we'll see where that line goes in the next couple of days. But uh being a seven and a half point underdog at home against Liberty is just a horrible look for Rutgers. I know things are going poorly at Rutgers, didn't think they were going to go this poorly. Liberty, I think I'll have to look at the schedule. I think they can clinch postseason bowl eligibility with a win against Rutgers. And that would be amazing. Let me look at their schedule real quick. They have one. Okay, well, I take that back. I take that back. Liberty has two games against FCS opponents. So they actually need to get to seven wins this year. This would be their sixth win if they can win at Rutgers. (laughs) You know what? I think they can win at Rutgers because everybody beats Rutgers. But if Rutgers loses this game, that just continues to accentuate just how bad this season has been for the program and really the state of the program as a whole. It has a massive rebuilding job. I don't even know if rebuilding is the right word. They need to build something and they need to build it fast. So it's going to be very interesting to see where Rutgers goes with their head coaching hire. This is going to be the ultimate low point for the program if they drop this game at home against Liberty. I think they win the game. I don't know why. I have no reason to suggest why Rutgers will win this game. I just think that they will, but we'll see. All right, coming up in our third and final segment of today's episode, we'll take a look at those mid-afternoon games at 3.30 and, of course, the primetime showdown between Michigan and Notre Dame. And I'll throw in a couple other top 25 teams in action you should be paying attention to. There's a couple good games on the radar for this weekend. We'll talk about that next in the final segment of today's episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. And make sure you're following and liking us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Locked on Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to Roman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. As we continue our Week 9 Big Ten weekend preview, we've arrived at the 3.30 time slot. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess you're going to be pre-invested and sitting in front of the couch watching ABC as Number 6 Penn State takes on Michigan State in East Lansing. This is a team that Penn State should beat. They are favored to beat, but they have not beaten in the last couple of years. And this is a game that's really a really good mental test for this team coming off a couple of big wins against iowa and michigan now they have to go back on the road and face one final hurdle that they've been having real trouble clearing the last couple of years michigan state has effectively knocked penn state off the playoff radar entirely as well as knocking them out of the big 10 championship scenarios Uh, The last couple of years, they got a chance to to get the first blow at Penn State this weekend and uh, Michigan State has been struggling, but we know that and we've we've talked about it in yesterday's episode and we're going to talk about it again in tomorrow's episode as we talk to the folks over at Locked on Spartans in our crossover episode. This is a good test for Penn State. You know, a lot of still young players, still kind of developing and developing into those the leaders that uh, Penn State is looking to to build and mold. And this is going to be a real challenge for guys like Sean Clifford because this is going to be another good defensive battle, I think. Michigan State is coming off a bye week. They had two blowout losses against Ohio State and Wisconsin in two games before their bye week. The, the, Penn State's going to be in for a dogfight here. <laughs> they really are if you're expecting anything different, think again. Michigan State's offense has been struggling, but they'll probably still somehow manage to score 20, 24 stupid points that really confuse a lot of people watching. So Penn State's defense is going to have to be uh, ready for this one because you know they got, they got worn down by Michigan last week. So how much do they have left in them going on the road for Michigan State? This is going to be the last big hurdle, I think, for Penn State before that Ohio State matchup. So it's really important to not lose ground and stay on track with the way they've been playing. So I think Penn State wins this game. We'll talk a little bit about more as the week goes on, of course, but elsewhere at 3:30, Maryland at Minnesota, number 17, Minnesota seven and O Minnesota has a chance to go eight. 0 for the first time since 1941, Minnesota. I think they're going to do it too. <laughs> I've been talking about this Minnesota team for a couple weeks now, and I've been warning Penn State fans that that game next week is going to be pretty interesting because I I fully believe that Minnesota is going to be undefeated and hosting Penn State, regardless of what Penn State's record is. That Minnesota team is going to be fired up for that game. They got to take care of Maryland first. Maryland has struggled uh, since their hot start to the season. Maryland is, uh, what, three and four overall, really struggling in Big Ten play. So it's not a great place for Maryland to be right now, because Minnesota's offense has been playing pretty well. And the defense has turned it up a little bit more lately, too. So uh minnesota's a good team <laughs> they're pretty legitimate right now they're they're easily a legitimate top 25 team they're up to number 17 in the ap poll right now i uh, don't think that's gonna be fun they're a big favorite too 17 point favorite i don't know if minnesota covers but i do think that minnesota goes eight and now for the first time since 1941 when they won the national championship one other 330 game of course nebraska hosting indiana over on the big 10 network indiana can clinch their bowl eligibility <laughs> and to think that indiana was going to clinch bowl eligibility before nebraska when you think about it at the start of the season sounds a little bit of a reach but nebraska has not quite uh lived up to some of the preseason hype and i think we're seeing that they weren't really worthy of some of that hype And i think the struggles are going to continue i do think nebraska gets the home win though i do think that they um outlast indiana and that's the way the best way to describe it because it's not going to be a defensive slugfest they're going to have to put up some points i think they can do that so i think nebraska gets the win at home that'll move them to five and three bring them one step closer to bowl eligibility them, and that brings us to the final game on the big 10 schedule this weekend michigan at number 19 after their loss to penn state last week steps out of conference play and on abc at 7 30 p.m they're going to host number eight notre dame so there's probably a lot more riding on this game for notre dame especially since this is a non-conference game for michigan They've, michigan's already suffered two losses so it's not like they're going to sniff the college football playoff at this point notre dame on the other hand is still in it <laughs> they're still in it as a top 10 team they only have the one loss on the road against georgia Uh, i think is if notre dame can win the rest of their games uh they're gonna they're gonna have a playoff argument to be made if there's a spot available that's the big key that's the big key they, well, they already have the one loss so they're gonna need a little bit of help i think from around the country and from some other conferences but first they have to go on the road and take on a michigan team that i think played pretty well last week against penn state obviously they got off to a bad start but I feel like they, they found their style. You know, It may not be the style that w- they were anticipating having this season, but it was working for them. They grind things out. They're going to have to do that again because Notre Dame's a pretty good defensive team too. So I do like Michigan to to not fall behind 21-0 at home. Uh, but I feel like this is a game that Notre Dame probably can still win. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this game because I honestly feel like Michigan... Is fully capable of winning the game. I think it's a good rebound opportunity. Kind of leaves a statement, and of course, you get a chance to knock out Notre Dame from the playoff. You know, if Michigan can't get up for this game, I there's a serious problem. I, I don't think that that will be an issue, but I just feel like this is a game where Michigan really needs to make a statement and commit to what their brand is, and that's going to be the big thing for Michigan. They found their style a little bit. It worked a little bit last week against Penn State. They were already behind 21-0 when they found it, but better late than never, I guess, in the long term. So we'll see what Michigan has for the Notre Dame. This is going to be a good defensive game, I think. I think both teams play some really good defense. Uh, I think I would trust Notre Dame's offense a little bit more, but I just feel like this is a bad spot for Notre Dame to walk into because I do think that Michigan's a little mad about the way that things have been going and coming off that loss to Penn State last week. So this is a big national primetime game for both Michigan and Notre Dame. There's a lot of pride on the line for Michigan and uh, Notre Dame still has a shot at the playoff. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Michigan's a one point favorite too. So just keep that in mind. Other top 25 teams that are in action that should at least be on the radar. Obviously, every team that's ranked ahead of Penn State, you want to keep tabs on. I don't think you're going to see much of an issue with uh, number one Alabama against Arkansas. Even though they won't have Tua Valola for at least this week, um, Alabama should have no problem taking care of Arkansas. So fully expected Alabama is going to be undefeated going into their bye week. They got LSU coming up after that. LSU might be in a little bit more trouble. They got no- number two LSU hosting number nine Auburn. I still think LSU is clearly the favorite here. That'll be at 3.30, so you got a game to flip to during commercials during Penn State, Michigan State. You can flip over to CBS, see what LSU and Auburn are doing. Uh, Auburn, I think, is about to hit their wall. (laughs) I really feel like the schedule is about to get a lot harder for Auburn. They're going to take a couple of lumps. But they can still play spoiler. I think they can give LSU a run. Uh, but the way that LSU is playing, I, I don't expect them to lose this game. Uh, it would be a big surprise if they do. And, you know, as far as polls are concerned, assuming that Penn State does win their game and take care of their business, you know, Auburn could still jump ahead of Penn State. <laughs> That's the weird thing, because uh, a win against number two LSU in Baton Rouge, uh, I think would be enough to justify moving Auburn up a number of spots. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, especially Auburn's uh, strength of schedule is starting to strengthen a little bit more. By the, the week as number 11, Oregon, it continues to win their games. Uh, Oregon's going to be in playing uh, some Pac-12 after dark football at 10.30 p.m. on ESPN. They'll be playing Washington State. Uh, the other Pac-12 team on the radar, number 12, Utah. They're hosting Cal also uh, with a late game 10 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Number five, Oklahoma is going to be on the road at Kansas State. I don't see any problems here. Uh, I I don't think Kansas State is nearly equipped to slow down Oklahoma enough. And uh, even if they do, they still won't score enough points because Oklahoma, even when they slow down, they're still scoring 28 points a game, 30 30 points a game. So Oklahoma should be in good shape in that 12 p.m. ABC time slot. And one other game, uh, number four, Clemson at home against Boston College at 730 p.m., no issues there for clemson i think clemson rolls against boston college that's going to do it for our week nine preview around the big 10 and the top 25 let us know what games you're watching in addition to penn state's game at michigan state do you have any rooting interest in any game are you rooting for ohio state or are you rooting for wisconsin because that's an interesting perspective for a penn state fan as well as they start to look at the bigger picture as long as penn state takes care of their own business so let me know on twitter at locked on That's going to do it for this episode. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, we're doing our crossover with the folks over at Locked on Spartans, and we're going to do things a little bit differently this time with our crossover compared to a couple weeks ago. We're actually doing two separate podcasts where I'm going to go on their podcast and they're going to come over on here and we'll have two different conversations. So make sure you check them both out. Make sure you check out the Locked on Spartans podcast tomorrow to get some more conversation about Penn State and Michigan State. Don't forget to stay connected with this podcast on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. On Facebook at facebook.com slash locked and of course there's new shows every Monday through Friday so subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, whatever it is you use to listen to podcasts subscribe rate and review it does help with the product placement for this podcast in those very podcasting platforms and of course it does just help spread the word and we love hearing your feedback so let us know what you think about the show and recommend it to somebody else who may be interested in some Penn State conversation. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. I'll have a game preview for this Penn State-Michigan State coming up very soon on Athlon Sports. I'll share that with you once it's available. And, of course, you can find me over on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk throughout the week. And I believe I'm covering the Penn State game this weekend, but we'll wait to see. I'll let you guys know if that is the case. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Wednesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.